and welcome to another episode of Depend Explaining, the podcast, the one and only podcast that you should be listening to, the podcast that tells you how to live your best Dependa life. I am your fellow Dependa, Veronica. <laughs> and I am Jen, a Dependa as well. Yes, both Dependas, not with each other, <laughs> but for each other. We're here for each other, and we're here for you, and we're here to give you some information, but we would also like some information from you, and you can give us your information or concerns, complaints, issues, questions, ideas, if you want to email us at dependesplaining at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, um, we're here for you. We want to listen. We do. Listen. Rate, subscribe, share, 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 share. That's the best thing you could possibly do for us is share with all your friends and your family and people that you know, people that you don't know, and just throw us <laughs> throw us out there anywhere you can, every time, yes. any chance. Shout it out your windows. Dependent splitting. Dependent splitting. <laughs> and people can be like, what's that? Be like, it doesn't matter. You should listen to it anyway. Exactly, exactly. And, you know... You could download the Milso Muster app. You can find us on that if you do the monthly subscription to the Milso Plus, and you'll get the cool podcasts like Dependence Planning and a mm-hmm. bunch of military information, blogs. You'll you'll find out about giveaways. You'll find about about um, the career thing. Damn it, I write these down all the time and then I forget. <laughs> I always fucking forget to have it ready to go. There is a new feature on the Milso Muster app coming that will allow you to apply for jobs. And also, if you're a corporation or, or any looking to hire, you can um, advertise yourself on there as well for all military spouses. Something like that. That's all great. <laughs> That's all great info, Jen. Milso Muster app. Do it. Download it and find us. Find us and find other information that will help you out in your dependent life. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. I'm drinking my coffee here in the UK and Jen is in her closet again. My hands are empty. I have nothing today. Aww. Oh, We need to start recording on the weekend so we can both be drinking. Drinking. It will be extremely appropriate if we did that because just one of us drinking at a time is not very fun. It's not fair. Last time last time we did that, though, Jen, it was a disaster. So much so that the episode didn't even get put out because <laughs> I couldn't formulate a sentence. A three-word sentence turned into eight <laughs> words that made no sense. Oh. And it was a shit show. It was and a so great that will not time. Be again. Those... You know what? We could just use those as like bonus episodes because we're (laughs) so popular. And I know everybody wants more episodes from us, especially fun ones like that. Right? Right? Uh, All our episodes are fun. (laughs) I think. Um, They are because we get to satisfy your true crime craving every week. Yes. I know. That's why I like them. So. Yes. That's why I'm here. Yes. It's kind of our obsession. And how Jen and I bonded over true crime. Yes. You brought me into the true crime podcasting world. I didn't even know that existed. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, hey, have you 
I was like, I started listening to this, and I was like, you know, it's pretty good. It's about true crime, and then I got you hooked, and I got mm-hmm. our friend Kai hooked on it. Yeah, it was good. That's how you good. start a cult, know. Veronica. You've already, you're I there. That's how you start a cult. I'm the cult leader. Yeah. I'm the cult leader. I require everyone to only wear the color um, mustard mustard yellow. Mm. <laughs> it's like the worst color ever. It is, yes. Mustard yellow. And um, every time you see me, you must rub your nose from left to right. No, under your nose, like you're about to sneeze. So left to right, that's our greeting. Oh. Yeah. Don't hold it there because that's like a mustache. We don't want mustache. (laughs) We want, like you're wiping the boogers off your nostrils (laughs) with your one index finger. That's our greeting. There you go, Jen. That was beautiful. That was, was so dainty and lovely. Look at that. I'm initiated in already. See? See how easy Uh, it was? Yes. You must call me master. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know, hey, hey, hey. (laughs) We know how that ended with your story last week, so. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, (laughs) don't call me master. Call me your royal, I don't know. I'll come up with a name and I'll bring it up later. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right now. This We're still in the infant stages of the cult. Yeah. It's, it's not a cult. If you have to it's not a cult if you have to pay into it. <laughs> there's there's fees. It's a yearly fee. Annual donation. It's a yes, required. it's a yearly fee. Anything after that is a donation that is required mm-hmm. for you to keep being free for like your membership. Exactly. It's a membership. It's yeah. not a cult. It's a membership. Yeah. And you're not working up any type of pyramid or tiers. It's it's a bubbles. The bigger your bubble, the higher you rise. <laughs> so you have to continue in your bubble. And the bubbles can get bigger the more r- recruits you bring in. Yeah, you're linking so your bubbles. Bubble, yeah, you're linking bubbles. And yeah. so the bubble gets bigger and it floats up higher. <laughs> Sound of freedom right now. So, mm-hmm, yep. I'm at the, my bubble at the top is, let me tell you about the view. It's colorful. It's colorful. <laughs> colorful view at the top. Yes. It's a steel bubble. You can't get much higher than, I pop that shit. than Veronica right now. So uh, you can try. I'm high <laughs> as a kite by now. Right now. I don't own rights to the song. Sir Elton John, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You see, Jen, you get me talking, and I just start <laughs> start spilling all the shit out of my mouth all the time. Are you sure you didn't put any Baileys in that coffee this morning? No, it's just coffee. It's just coffee. And I got good sleep last night, too, because you know sometimes when oh. you don't sleep, you get a little kooky. But no, I'm good. That's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get. I didn't have good sleep last night, and I'm just angry. At the world. Oh, no. <laughs> Why didn't you get good sleep? Is it because you're still sleeping on your loner furniture? Yeah, because I'm still sleeping on the fucking loner furniture. Gosh. Tell us all about those springs on your bed. The lack of springs are like the one spring at the very edge of your bed that then rolls you into oh. the middle of the bed because you're, you're sleeping on a hill. Then your husband's also sleeping on the other side and then he moves and then you roll into the middle and it's just... It's not worth it. It's not. It's not working, and I'm ready for my bed. <laughs> Your kids are in twin size beds, right? They are. Yes. Yeah. 
You should move them to the big bed and you guys take the twin size beds. Because, I mean, they're little and kids sleep through anything. They do. I would consider it, but the way that my daughter wakes up in the morning and has to crack her back every morning makes me not want to have her bed either. She literally gets up and stretches from side to side and her spine just goes... And I'm like, really? Oh, that bony little thing. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. of her bones. All of her bones There's are no, cracking. Yeah. There's no, like, flesh around them to <laughs> I know. To support all those bones. She's so skinny. Well, this is, I have a lot of flesh protecting my bones, yet I'm still in a lot of pain. You do not. A lot of cracking going on out here. It's a lot yeah. of crack. Oh. Some crack? No. Some crack? Not crack. In my bones. Crack I wish I could bones. crack my back. Back in the day, like those high school desks, I'm telling you, uh, they better still have them because those things were a free chiropractor. The one, those yeah. things were awesome. The chairs were the, yes, with the chairs. Where it's like attached to the desk. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. like push back on there and it's like your whole spine would crack. Oh, that was, that was amazing. Yes, it was. I could go for one of those right now. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Would be I know, great. right? Yeah. If anybody knows what we're talking about, mm-hmm. let us know I would that we're not so. alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and I didn't go to the same school, so obviously Kyle and I went to the same school and we talk about all the, uh, about that all the time. We're like, yeah, the, the desks in the portable classrooms, those were the best. Oh, <laughs> it's like those were yeah. the best ones. <laughs> it always seemed that way. The portable classrooms are always better. I don't know why. Because they had, I mean, they were newer additions, so they had better desks in there. True, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody trying always. to, like, all the portable, de- the portable classrooms everywhere just because can't get kids to fit in a regular old school classroom now yeah they did build a new high school in our hometown though and apparently it's really nice like they have an indoor pool and everything it was like we didn't even we didn't have that option like we didn't have that but we had to we got to go off base for lunch so that was really nice lucky yeah yo you didn't get that no i said off base didn't i oh you did yeah (laughs) i did off campus, sorry. Depend on life is killing Taking me. Over. Taking over. I can't. I can't associate it with high school and base anymore. I don't know. It's the same high school, and being a de- uh, dependent military spouse is the same shit. You have all that drama and the, uh, you know, the upperclassmen yeah. and the yeah. everything Lower is the same. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing has changed from when I was in high school. Unfortunately, not. Yeah, there's still people that act like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways. Oh, my gosh, Jen. <laughs> Did you watch... I know you and I have talked about this, but the the American murder story, or what's it called? The Chris Watts story on Netflix? Yeah, American murder? American family Something murder? Something like that, yeah. Something. Yes. I mean crazy right fucking insane i went down the rabbit hole of youtubing it in 2019 after my friend told me to look into it and then it blew my mind so watching this documentary i was like holy shit like this is Uh insane like Mm-hmm. I love seeing that, like the first hand videos. I think that is I love that really awesome. 
Yeah, that's what I was like. It's so well documented with the videos and the text messages and that she, like, pretty much, um, she documented her life through social media. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, but I do think that they, they painted him as a loving husband and father. Like, Mm -hmm. to me, that's how they painted him. And her image was a little bit different I think I don't know if it was purposely done like that or I mean and everybody's like oh she was you know a controlling wife and she drove him to that um no she didn't no you don't drive people to kill you no you don't you don't push it's a psychopath's job maybe you maybe she pushed his buttons maybe she was a little bit more you know, uh, like that strong personality of like, this is how I like things done. And this is how I want you to be able, you know, right. this was, this is what makes me happy, basically. And her being in yeah. like, um, an MLM company, you have to be really confident and powerful in everything you do, you know, in order to get clients to get people to want to buy these things from you to, you know, to, you know, be out there and, and um, just get customers. So She's probably just very powerful in that sense, too. And, like, that's how I saw her. Like, I know some some, uh, parts of it were kind of like, yeah, she seems a little, this has made her seem a little uh, controlling, but maybe it's just because she's just a strong-willed woman and she likes things done a certain way. I mean, men are like that, too. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not any different. And that's the thing is, I don't I mean, I don't know a whole lot of his background. Maybe he was a good dad on the side. Like, obviously, when you put right. stuff on social media, you're going to see just the good stuff. It's going to be the nice, right. loving things, you know, him playing with the kids and stuff. But you yeah. don't hear about, you know, the arguments and the fighting and all that, too. So we don't, like, I don't right. know, like, how crazy he got as well. Like, obviously, we know he's just a fucking narcissist psychopath, but... Yeah. Before that, how crazy did he get? We didn't get to see that kind of stuff. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Um, is there any, like, documentation that he was, like, abusive with her? Like, physically right. abusive? Or that he had ever put his hands on her? Right. Or had said things that might have suggested what he was ultimately going to do? But... It was it was really disturbing, and I was talking to mm-hmm. Kai. We were just messaging the other day, and um, she was like, "Do you think it was premeditated?" And I said, "Absolutely, I think oh, it was yeah. premeditated because he waited until she was asleep. He had had mm-hmm. to have waited until she was because he had no there was no no struggle, like there was no scratching or or anything um, right on him or on her." When they found her. Yeah, it didn't seem like... They didn't so. say anything about defensive wounds or anything, so it doesn't seem like she struggled. Right, and then for him to take his girls on that ride mm-hmm. with her, and I was like, you could have gone for help. Like, you could have been like, I need help. Like, what What were you thinking, those poor babies? I couldn't, like, watch the whole thing. I was, like, watching through my fingers because I couldn't stand him talking about... The, the little girls. Yeah. Uh, I was like, you monster. You're a monster. He's a piece of shit. A He's a piece of shit. He tried yeah. to blame his dead wife, who he killed, on oh my killing gosh, his yes. daughters. And I couldn't believe that. I was like, no, we all know you did it. You're an asshole. You're a piece of shit. The girls were yeah. alive when you took them out. 
like asking about their mother yeah they they, were asking about their mother like horrible there's i did just read the other day there's like a like a post that said something about um they're thinking like there are somebody like posted saying like why didn't they look into his mistress anymore like nicole why didn't they look into her anymore because she had been googling all this shit because i watched that youtube video you sent me too it's like she was googling all this shit about wedding dress and like can cops find deleted messages and figuring out how to delete all of her shit? And so people are she? like, why didn't they look into her? Because now yeah. there's like this thing of like, well, maybe she was in the truck when he was doing this. And, you know, she she wanted a life with Chris. She wanted her own kids. She wanted all this stuff. She didn't want the life that he already had. And so it's like, hmm. Yeah. Makes you think. It's another she, thinking. She like looked up. Amber Fry. Yes. So, for those of you that don't know, Amber Fry was the mistress of Scott Peterson, who is also accused of having murdered his pregnant wife mm-hmm. and dumping her in the San Francisco Bay. So, she was looking up, like, her net worth and, like, about book deals and yeah. stuff like that. I was like, I was like, did this bitch really think that she was going to become the next Amber Fry? Like, yeah. I don't know. Okay, get I don't all know. these like, I was... publicity and stuff on her. Ugh. Yeah. That's disgusting. Well, who, what kind of person yeah. thinks that? First of all, you're already doing something really terrible by being with and sleeping with and, you know, having a relationship with somebody else's husband. And then you go and, like, look all this shit up, too. Are, who yeah. does that? Where in your like mind she do had you plans. do that? Yeah, like she had plans to do something. With... Yeah. Ugh. Now, now my brain, my brain right now is going to, what if she kind of, like, led him to that? The girlfriend. Mm -hmm. What if she kind of, like, led him to that because of the um, celebrity that Amber Fry did get from the Scott Peterson case? What if she was like, I want that. Like I want the the fame and the and the money and the book deals and the publicity. I wonder if she kind of was like, "You should get rid of your wife." If that was her, like if that was her, like I'm just playing devil's advocate right now. Oh yeah, going down a, a different branch here <laughs> that is just in my mind. But yeah. I'm like, because her interview to me, the brief clip they showed on the documentary of the interview to me, I, it was like it gave me it set off my spidey sense. I was like. She knows something else. And this was before I had, uh, like, looked into the the video that or the thing that I sent you mm-hmm. on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, uh, I wouldn't put it past her. I mean, it definitely is something that could be a thing. Right? But it's like, that's why they said, like, he jumped to getting that guilty plea, like, right away. Like, he pled guilty so quickly you know, it makes people think like, oh, he was trying to protect Nicole from getting any further investigation on her. Maybe. He did it so quick and he confessed to all of it and did it just so he, you know, could save her from anything. And, you know, I mean, obviously right. it's like the it's the rabbit hole. Every, everybody's got ideas and mm-hmm. I love it. Like I love those type of it's conspiracy theory. theories. Those are mm-hmm. Those are my thing. I like – I like when people start thinking creatively and like, well, what if this may, maybe this was the reason, you know, and like why we're all trying right. to like solve the big mystery and it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It is. 
But yeah, yeah that was that was a good documentary. I also watched yeah. the Challenger uh, mini the series they had on there, the limited series. I haven't seen that. Did you see that one? Mm-mm. Oh, it's uh, it's really interesting. So I've been kind of obsessed with the whole the Challenger case since. I can remember. I mean, I was three years old when it happened, Mm -hmm. and my mom told me about it because she saw it on TV, and uh, the whole thing. I've just been like, it's it's very interesting to me that these these um uh, like this these people that were on the rocket ship and how they they lost their lives due to human error, basically. Yeah. So it's really cool. I mean, if you. If you're into that kind of stuff, I highly recommend it. Uh, my son and I were watching it. Like, he wanted he wanted to see the explosion. And I was like, oh, that, they probably won't show it till later. But I was like, I'll have to show you. And I was, like, telling Kyle about it. And I was like, oh, it was, like, these O-rings. And they, they didn't bounce back to their original shape because it was cold and blah, blah, blah. And Kyle was like, I don't think Kyle was interested. But I was like, this is really interesting to me. I was like, I like this stuff. I'll have to look and see if they have that. Uh, uh, here, you said it's on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Okay, I'll have to look and see. Yeah. Is it, is it like a new one that they just put out? Or has it been out for yep. a little bit? Yeah. Okay. I'll have no, to see. they just put it up not too long ago. I don't I, I don't think I've checked Netflix for a few days, so it might I might have just not seen it yet. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I know. Definitely. I know uh, my son would probably love watching that too. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting, yeah. I mean, it's all it, a lot of it's kind of boring for footage. Not for me. But I could see why other people would find it kind of boring because it's like from the eighties, you right. know. And but they interview um, uh, Peter Billingsley who was Ralphie in A Christmas Story. Oh yeah, yeah, he's in it, and he was there when it happened. Like he was in the grandstands watching oh. this because he was like the like the president of like the Young Astronauts Society or something like that. So he had him and his fellow, his fellow, you know, astronaut wannabes, yeah. <laughs> um, young kids, young children. I mean, he was, he had just done a Christmas story like a few years prior to that. So he was little and he talks about having seen this hat, you know, having seen it happen and the impression that left on him and, and just all the people, the families and it's really sad. It's, but yeah. it's very interesting. Like so if those. you're into that, I recommend it. I like those. But you know what? We're Dependas, and we're here to talk about Dependa shit. Yeah, we are, because that's and what you we're have here some for. stories. Yeah. So, Veronica and yeah, Podcast World. So excited. I have a story for you. Yay! This one is kind of crazy. So, this one I found was, it's a murder, but it's not too, there's not a lot of gruesome detail in it, so. Okay. It's on the lighter side of murder (laughs) okay (laughs) so this is the murder of maria francis lauterbach maria lauterbach grew up in vandalia ohio where she was adopted when she was a baby by mr and mrs lauterbach she was described as a very beautiful young woman she stood at five feet four inches tall with blonde hair and blue eyes And she seemed like America's girl next door. Mm -hmm. Good stuff, but not in this case. She was a three-sport athlete in high school playing soccer, basketball, and softball. I wrote soccer twice, but I meant softball. Soccer, soccer? Soccer, soccer, basketball. No, soccer, basketball, and softball. Um, (laughs) Jen, she's 
Her mother described her as the typical teenager who loved to play sports, listen to music, and hang out with her friends. Uh, She was a fierce competitor and took her softball team to win the district championship. Oh, wow. She also used those skills to coach peewee soccer. So reading through a few different sources, I got some conflicting stuff on her. Um, One was stating that she always wanted to be a marine in the marine corps um and even got a tattoo of the marine corps on her upper right arm and then another stated that her parents said that she got into a lot of trouble growing up that she was just kind of uh always getting into like arguments and stuff when she was in sports and principals calling and all this stuff and then they thought that her joining the marines would help straighten her out a little bit more so kind of weird i get like two Mm. different types of things it's kind of strange but so i don't oh so it was like it was either she want really wanted to or like her parents made her yeah kind of thing yeah Mm. it's so strange um but either way she did join the marine corps on june 6 2006 oh six six yeah zero six That freaked me out. When I wrote it, I wasn't, as I was writing notes, I'm just like, okay, cool, moving on. And then as I wrote it out, I was like, wait a minute, that's a crazy date to join. (laughs) I'm pretty sure, I'm not even lying right now, I'm pretty sure that was the date we arrived in Guam. Oh. Yeah. That's a crazy date. It's a creepy date. Because it was in June, it was like June, I know it was the beginning of June Mm -hmm. of 2006. I think we left California like on the 5th, so that would have put us there to on the maybe the 7th. Anyways, doesn't matter. So long ago. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about me today. (laughs) Veronica. (laughs) Okay. Uh, She was a personnel clerk assigned to Combat Combat Logistics Regiment 27, 2nd Marine Logistics Group, 2nd Marine Expeditionary Force at Cap. Camp Lejeune in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Why do they have so many groups, for one thing? Why? That's a lot. <laughs> so many numbers. So many things and names and logistics and logistics. Yeah. Goodness gracious. So, she's at Camp Lejeune. Very cool. North Carolina. I heard it's really pretty there. I heard that too. Um, so, I got the Carolinas. A, yeah, all the Carolinas, yes. So, I have a timeline of events that we will go through here. Okay. On May 11th, 2007, Lance Corporal Maria Lauterbach reports two encounters of sexual assaults with Corporal Cesar Loria... 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 Spell it out for me. <laughs> it is L-A-U-R-E-A-N. I have it written Lauren. out. It says, like, Loria... Lorian. Lauren. Lauren. L A U R E A N. Yeah. L A U R E A N. Yeah. Oh, I think it's Lauren. 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 Okay. <laughs> Listen. Sometimes you just sometimes last names are hard, and you can't fault people for not pronouncing them correctly yeah. the first time. But at least you're trying. I try, guys. Okay. It's hard. Yeah. I wrote out the pronunciation that Wikipedia gave me, and it's still not working. So anyway. Right. So that guy, Corporal Cesar, that I knew, not Cesar, Cesar, it's fancy. Cesar? Yeah. <laughs> like the salad. Yeah, like the salad. Um, so she reported these two encounters to her supervisor. She said the first encounter was on March 26th, 
and the second was two weeks later. At the time of the okay. uh, second encounter, she went to her doctor and got a pregnancy test done, which came back negative. Okay. Thank goodness, right? But she didn't report it till May? She didn't go and report it until, yeah, May. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Naval Criminal Investigative Service, the NCIS, um, opens a rape uh, investigation as well. May 12th, a verbal order was issued barring contact and communication between Maria and Cesar. She was then moved to another building on base, so they were working in the same logistics group thing together. And so they they just said, we'll just separate them instead of, let's arrest this person. Well, I guess investigations are going to. Yeah, they just started the investigation, so they're taking steps, which is good. Taking some steps. On May 24th, a written order was then issued for the same thing, barring the contact and communication. So the first one was just a verbal, letting them Mm. know what's going on. This one's now written out. It means business. More official. Yes. It's actually in paper. There's a paper trail. Right. So June 19th through the 24th, Maria takes her annual leave back home to Ohio. So she's gone for, what, like a week or something. Um, then June 27th, Maria is, claims that she's not feeling very well, so she goes to see her doctor, which she's then given a pregnancy test, and it comes back positive. So oh. she is now pregnant, and we don't know where this has come about. Now, jumping to September 27th, uh, Maria asks uh, for permission to move off base to raise her new baby she's pregnant Mm -hmm. september she'd be i think she was like five months by that time i'm Mm -hmm. trying to think something like that she's like halfway through we'll say by this time by september so she wants to move to an off-base house so she can have room to raise her child and this was approved on october 31st um october 18th the ncis recommends no disciplinary action taken against cesar until evidence can be taken from maria's child so they want that to proving yeah that it, he's the father yeah they want to see they want to okay. check that out because right now there's no evidence she waited two months and there's not really any evidence uh for her right. claims so yeah. Now, am I jumping to conclusions if I ask how the assault happened? Like, does she go into it? No. So there isn't a lot on the actual mm-hmm. assault. There's not much said on what actually happened. She just is, has told her supervisor that he raped her mm-hmm. two times. So it wasn't like at a party and she was drunk mm-hmm. or he There's drugged not, her? or No, there isn't much in, information on her actual mm-hmm. accusations on it yet. So, okay. and unfortunately, we will never know. Hmm. On November 5th, Maria moves to an off-base home with Sergeant Durham. I don't know who Sergeant Durham is. This is just the timeline that they're given. It's somebody she obviously is friends with and trusts that she can live with in a home. But Sergeant Durham is going to be leaving in December for training in California so while he's gone, she's then going to sublet the home. Mm-hmm. Um, on the same day, that same day, November 5th, a trial counsel re-interviews Maria where she states her pregnancy is not a result from the sexual assault. Oh. So that's her claim to it. I don't know if maybe it doesn't say why she goes that way. Maybe it is true or maybe she's just trying to, you know, help. Like him out like take 
take it away from her not um not help but like I don't know go ahead Sorry. yeah you can edit that out. no you're fine it's it is it's not, I'm not sure like why she decided because it stated that she readjusts her statement to say that she's not mm. that it's not from the sexual assault so it could be true or it could you know who knows we don't know i wonder if she was she was just trying to like move on with her life like maybe yeah it happened this is a result of it like let's just move on i don't want to deal with this anymore right it, that could be it too yeah she could be like i'm done dealing with this i don't want to be mm-hmm. you know who knows what was going on if she was mm-hmm. getting harassed by it or you know you don't know. So, right. yeah, that could very well be it. Um, on November 26th, the trial counsel discuss possible charges, if any, against Cesar. But nothing, again, still is happening with that. Mm. December 14th, Maria reports to work as usual. Um, she then gets off at noon due to a Christmas party. She does not show up to this Christmas party. Mm-hmm. So, Sergeant Durham then returns to their home and he finds a note from Maria expressing her desire to leave the Marine Corps. Sergeant Durham Hmm. said that her car was gone and a few personal belongings. The Mm -hmm. Marine Command determined that she had gone UA or unauthorized absence, but we know that as AWOL. AWOL. Mm -hmm. Um, Investigators find that she withdrew $700 from a Jacksonville ATM and bought a Greyhound bus ticket to El Paso. Why El Paso? So I'm kind of like on the... on the fence about this. I mean, we'll, we can go into the note later too because it kind of doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. But she's only been in the Marines for just over a year, like a year and a half. And I know that some people are like it, they get really tired of being in the military after a short period of time type of stuff. So, but I don't know. I mean, it never said that she was having struggles or problems. So it just doesn't, I, you know, it just doesn't sit well with me on. A note like that. Um, December 19th, Maria doesn't show up for work. Sergeant Durham gives the commanders a the note that she left. The commander then sends investigators to the house, and they report her car gone and those belongings. A They, de- they list her as a deserter because of her mm. health. Because of her health? Yeah, like, I mean, she's pregnant, so, like, why would you... I don't know. This is what I don't understand. It's like, it's so weird. It's like, okay, already she's already had sexual assault claims twice. Mm-hmm. And nothing's been going on. She's now pregnant. That's kind of important. And now she wants to yeah. just like up and leave out of nowhere being pregnant. But to, right. But to El Paso, like why, why wouldn't she go to her family in Ohio and right. being in that state? I would, that's, I mean, I'm just trying to put myself in her shoes and say like I would want help from my family in raising a child right and if I'm gonna leave a, a you know a government agency like I want to be where I'm safe yeah I don't know that's kind of weird it's really weird so also on December 19th her command calls um Maria's mother and he's and she tells them she hasn't actually spoken with Maria since December fourteenth. Oh, yeah. So she then files a missing persons report in Ohio, and then Maria's cell phone is found along Highway twenty four. One Her cell phone. Yeah one uh one article said that it said something about somebody had actually found it. A person had fi- had found it and then called her sister on there maybe because her sister had been oh. you know messaging her or something and she right. he actually called the sister's number and her 
the sister was like, hey, you need to turn this phone into the police right away. Okay, right. So that was there. Um, I think that's probably, I'm sure that's probably something happened along those lines. Mm-hmm. On December 24th, an unidentifiable man withdraws $400 from Maria's bank account at an ATM in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. An mm-hmm. identified man? Yeah, so like he was hidden. That's what I was going to say. I was like, they must have had like security cameras on him, but they're not the best. Unfortunately. Don't do it, people. It's yeah. bad. Um, December 26th, Maria did not show up for her OB appointment. She had another OB mm. appointment. She does not show up for that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now, January 7th, 2008, it is now, you know... We went into the new year. Mm-hmm. NCIS first learned of the cell phone, ATM withdrawals, and the Greyhound bus ticket. They didn't know about any of this stuff until now, in January. Like a few weeks later. What? It was like two, what, two, three weeks later? How did they not know? If this is a person who supposedly deserted the Marines, like, why wouldn't they go into that? You know, there there was a trail. Something fishy. And they just didn't choose to follow it? Like, I don't get that. Yeah, super fishy. Like, why did, did they not put in more effort in looking for her? Oh, my God. Um. So they still think that she is UA or AWOL. Uh, Cesar is questioned by, mm-hmm. uh, uh, he's questioned as a possible witness to her disappearance, but he's not a suspect right now as a beginning of january even though he was accused of having sexually assaulted her yes um cesar asked to leave work to meet with civilian attorneys like why why do you need to do that Mm -hmm. when you're just being questioned as a witness i don't get it but considering nothing came about the rape accusations the command doesn't find anything suspicious about this and they let him go okay yeah Mm -hmm. sounds good Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you, you seem fine it's fine no big deal yeah even though she had, you know, some personal issues with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe he resembled the man in the camera? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just, Was he from Texas? <laughs> just wait. Just wait. Oh. January oh, okay. 8th, the protective order between uh, Maria and Cesar was reissued. It pretty much, there's some, it said something about it had lapsed the last, like, couple weeks due to a administrative error. And so, <sighs> I don't know. And so now it's up again, I guess. Um, but she's missing. But she's missing, so it didn't she's really missing, help her. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not really helping right now. And then January 11th, Cesar was a no-show to work. His commanders oh. were unable to reach him by phone. So he is now presumed to be AWOL. Or UA. Yeah, UA. I okay. thought that was so weird. I'd never heard that before. Apparently it's just Marines either. and Navy use Navy. UA and... Air Force and Army use AWOL. AWOL. There's a history behind it, but I didn't want to dive down into that rabbit hole either. (laughs) It sounds too much, but sounds cool. So Onslow County Sheriff's Office hold a press conference that day, January 11th, announcing they believe Maria is dead and buried in Onslow County. Cesar is now considered as a person of interest. Right? They went from she's uh, a wall to she's yeah to she's dead. To she's dead. We know she's oh dead. My God. Well, obviously they know something that we don't know, and they yeah, have, but they're just not putting it out. They're they they're no one. They've got something going on, I guess. So that was the timeline of things happening. And here is the dirty shit. So here we are, January of two thousand and eight. Okay. Cesar's wife, yes. 
case you didn't know. Excuse me? He's married. He's married. He's married. He's married. Mm-hmm. He's married. <sighs> Cesar's wife, Christina, confines in authorities that Maria was dead and buried in their backyard. No. No. So obviously she is aware of the of the um of what he was accused of. Mm-hmm. So she's aware of that and then Oh just wait. Ob- she You're oh, gonna be oh, really Jane. angry with her in a minute. Just you just wait. Oh, so man. Okay. So this triggers an investigation for authorities, um, and it ma- they make any gruesome discovery. While digging down into a homemade fire pit, so just like bricks and cinder blocks in a square yeah. they dig down into this fire pit and they find the charred remains of what looks to be an adult and a fetus in the oh. in her abdomen oh no they also oh, find no. inside of the garage an area on the wall a just a small square area on the wall that looks like it was recently repainted an arrest warrant was then issued for 21-year-old Cesar. Yeah, because he's only 21. 20-fucking-one. God. But, a child. But thanks to his wife, Christina, waiting 24 hours to contact the authorities. 24 hours from the time he left? But, yeah. Not from the time that he murdered? Mm-mm. No, from the, the time young... that he decided to leave. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It was determined Maria was killed on December 15th by -hmm. some type of blunt force trauma to her head. Mm -hmm. Fucking asshole. And then burned. He burned her completely. Can you believe that? So sources say that Cesar boarded a bus in Raleigh, North Carolina to Houston. Oh, look at that. He's from Texas. He actually was born. He was actually from Nevada, they said. Oh. But I was like, Nevada, whatever. But he took another bus from Houston to San Luis in central Mexico. Mm -hmm. A wanted poster was then uh, then put out for him, and they offered a $25,000 reward if anyone found him. It took authorities three months, but eventually in April of 2008... Mexican police, who were on an anti-kidnapping operation, spotted Cesar. They were suspicious of him because he was wandering the streets and he could not speak Spanish very well. Though he had family in Mexico, he had family. Apparently, he had reached out to a bunch of family to help him out on his journey so he could have money. And he got denied. Thank God. Well, I mean, what was he going to say? Um, I killed somebody. I need help. Yeah. Like, nope. what do you think? Oh, yeah, here, I'll help you real fast. Yeah. No, no. I mean, his also, wife why helped those him family a little. members turn him in? Yeah. I mean, I hope that's what everyone would do. I mean, if he made it to all the way to Mexico and he was probably staying with family, I assume, in Mexico. I think so. Somebody was helping him. Somebody you know? was, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Man. So he was taken into custody. In Mexico, um, and he was fully identified later by all of his tattoos that he had. Mm -hmm. So now because he was caught in Mexico, in order to extradite him back to North Carolina, they cannot pursue the death penalty because there's some agreement between the U.S. and Mexico to extradite. You can't give them the death penalty. I read it and then I didn't write it down, but it's a thing. But that's the agreement. That's the agreement. So okay, they they can get him back. 
So that's when, so they caught him. I don't think Mexico has the death penalty. That no, might be I it. I should look that up. That might yeah. be why, because they don't, it has something to do with that. That might be mm, why. Okay. So he was caught in April of 2008. On April 17th, 2009, Cesar was mm. extradited to North Carolina and held in Onslow County Jail. The trail was moved to, uh, the trial, the trail. The trail. Oh God. The Oregon Trail. The trial <laughs> was moved to Wayne County due to extensive media coverage. It was just batshit crazy out there. This case had mm. so much coverage on it, they just couldn't do it in Onslow County anymore. On August 24, 2010, Cesar was convicted of murder as well as theft and fraud charges relating to using Maria's ATM card. Mm-hmm. Jurors dismissed the defense's theory that Christina, Cesar's wife, was the real murderer, and instead, yeah, uh, defense attorneys were trying to go against his wife, pinning it, trying to pin it on her, which, I mean, I can see why, but, but. Well, I mean, if she had dropped the charges and changed her story about the whole, about the rape, but she was still carrying possibly his child possibly right because we don't know Mm -hmm. what if she did what if she was like no you can't have this other life you can't raise somebody else's child anyways go ahead oh i know oh i know that's uh, i mean that's where the defense is trying to go with it they're trying to get Mm -hmm. they're trying to pin it on her but the jurors actually favored the prosecution's argument that cesar's desperation to save his career, led to the incident. Cesar initially conspired to run away to Mexico with Maria with the intent to destroy her credibility with desertion. So she'd be deserting. She'd go AWOL. Uh So he could, you know, discredit her credibility. And then he could continue his career in the Marine Corps. Uh But when that plan failed, he reverted to killing Maria with a crowbar. Mm-hmm. I mean, how was he going to get her to Mexico? Uh, they were going to take. Well, they were going to take a bus. They were going right, to together. How was he going to lure her in? How, you think how was she going to trust this person? Well, so that's a hard one because you know. So that's where that letter comes back into play too. Where you see that she left a letter that said, "I don't want to be in this. I don't want to be in the Marine Corps anymore. I want to be out." Type of thing, mm-hmm. and that she bought. Supposedly, she bought a bus ticket to El Paso, and so one can kind of think like, hey, you know, maybe she was planning on going with him on this trip. Maybe she was thinking like, hey, I could go and just start over in a new country and they won't, they can't do anything to me, you know. But why with him? Did they have some sort of relationship that... I don't know. That just took a wrong turn and... I don't know. That's the thing. There's not a lot of detail on their actual, like, relationship together, whether he actually, he did this on, you know, the fact that they were, like, seeing each other and it got out of hand or if, like, this happened and then she made these, you know, she went and told the superiors and then, you know, he used his manipulation and got her to like him again. I, I know. I do, too. And guess what? Yeah. You won't get any of them answered. (laughs) It's awful. It's awful. So Cesar was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. The only good thing, because we have so many questions on what is going on in his brain and what is happening, 
The only good thing mm-hmm. was um, Maria Lauterbach's murder prompted changes in the National Defense Authorization Act, which had profoundly altered the way the DOD handles sexual assault charges among personnel. Mm-hmm. It's about the only good thing that came out of that. So instead of whatever they're do- whatever they did before, obviously wasn't working. They yeah are now changing the way they handle sexual assault victims. It's so sad that it takes these kind of situations in order to make a movement towards better when sexual assault has been happening for many, 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 many centuries. Too many. Sorry, (laughs) decades in the military. Not centuries, sorry. Um, Yeah, anyways, for decades in the military. So it... um, it's very sad that it has to come to somebody's death in order to get this motion into place. Yes. But it's there. And yeah, I have so many questions. So, yeah. so many questions. I do too. I want to know if she actually was planning on leaving or if he set all of that up. Like he got her to, uh, like he did something to her at her house and he left the note or he got her to yeah. take that money out and go, like, you know, like, maybe he was threatening her in ways of, like, you have to take this money out. You need to go buy yeah. a bus ticket and all these things. You need to write this letter. And then that makes me think, like, well, maybe he did in some way, but not in a threatening way. And then, because mm-hmm. then maybe she did, was thinking, like, well, I could start a whole new life with him in Mexico. Uh, you know? I don't know. Right. Right. Because they were so oh, you young. Know what she happened was 20. To the wife? She was 20. Nothing happened to her. She's fine. <laughs> what? But she didn't come forward with all this information. She obviously knew that there was somebody buried in her backyard and she probably helped him, like, clean up or something, you know, if she was in the house. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. And then you are left, like... There's more to this. Yeah, like what happened? I want to know more, yeah. but there's, n- there's nothing. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe there is. It's just not. They're not providing us with the information. That's true. It'll come out to the light later. It always does. That's true. It's what That's I could find. Insane. Maybe somebody else knows more to the story, too, if you know anything else and would like to share and yeah. answer our questions seriously. Answer all my questions. <laughs> Email us, dependisplaining at gmail.com, please. Please. Yeah. That's very interesting. Wow, yeah. what a what a story, Jen. What a roller coaster. I just liked it Got a lot. once I read the fact that it helped change their, uh, the, you know, how they handle sexual assault now with personnel. I thought that was very interesting to know. Super sad mm-hmm. the way it has to go down, but it was, it's nice to see that things can change. Yeah bad stuff i don't know how to make that sound better it doesn't (laughs) well i mean it's just it it's very sad that it takes tragedy to be able to sprout some sort of positiveness towards these situations Mm -hmm. something that's there to now protect you from what's happening i mean it's not a one-off sort of thing. You know, it happens and it happens and it happens. Yeah. So there does need to be, there needs to be a policy in place uh, to protect these individuals. So I see, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Got mm. it. Okay. Mm. Well, I have some facts and stats about sexual violence and the military. If we want to dive into that. It's very informative. 
And I think it applies really well to your story today, actually. So I got, I just, um, I got this on military.com and it just kind of led me onto this PDF that I downloaded and I just took some of the notes from it. But in 2012, so this is eight years ago, there were 26,000 estimated victims of sexual violence in the military. What? Now, it doesn't say what, yeah, so it doesn't say, this is just in 2012, it doesn't say whether it was, like, active duty and they're, like, a civilian or active duty and active duty. Either way, that's a lot military-related, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think they got this number wrong, but it's 14,000 male victims and 12,000 female victims. I don't understand that number. I think it might be switched around. Yeah. Because I always feel like there's more female victims, but that's what this said. Hmm. Um, 20% of male service members experienced crude and or offensive behavior and 41% of female service members experienced crude and or um, offensive behavior. So, obviously, again, it's more towards women. It's always women. Now, I want to say, like, is it because of their environment, the environment they're in? There, It is mostly, I feel like the military is more male-dominated mm-hmm. than it is female. It seems now, like it. Right. Yeah, so I'm always like, these things that result in in harassment, is it due to the environment or that which they're in? Because, you know, men amongst men talk in a different way, and I could see how it can offend a female. Right, for sure. Um, but when it leads to sexual assault is different, but this is just offensive behavior, the stat that I'm giving you. Mm-hmm. So... Um, 5% of male service members experienced unwanted sexual attention. 5%. 23% of female service members experienced unwanted sexual attention. Mm-hmm. So, I've, that's a big, that's a big jump. That is, yeah. To me, like, I'm that's a big surprised. jump. And, yeah. And now is it because, like, all female attention is welcomed by men? <laughs> is it? Or they're just not, like, they're not offended or threatened? Whereas a female, when somebody says something to me personally that's in a sexual nature, in some sort of attention, I I get not a f- well, I will get offended depending on what it is. Um, but I get nervous, you yes. know, like I don't know how to react to this situation. I don't know how to deal with this attention. I, yeah, it's making me uncomfortable. Super, basically. super uncomfortable. It's just. Yeah, I don't know how to react to that type of behavior. Even a compliment. I'm like, I don't know what to do with my face right now. Yeah. Like, how do I... I can't just say thank you and move on. Thanks. Let it go. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that makes me think, like, well, is it because men just don't... Like, they seem to brush it off their shoulder or, like I said, it's it's welcomed. Like, the, that attention is welcome. Um, I know Kyle's totally oblivious to when somebody's flirting with him totally oblivious Mm -hmm. i know because i flirted with him a lot he was he just wouldn't take on very well (laughs) it's like i'm giving you the go kyle i think you're cute listen to it listen to what i'm saying i mean yeah i i can kind of see that too like a lot of men either like they enjoy the attention or they just don't even think that it's much of anything type of thing yeah right 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 um so 
47% of female service members experienced sexist behavior, where 15% of male service members experienced sexist behavior. Again, that goes, is it like part of the environment? But, you know, when you hear sexist behavior, you feel like it's always towards a woman. Typically, yes. I mean, that's... Yeah, typically. It's it's not trying to say like, oh, yeah, because women were so, you know, oppressed or Sensitive. Whatever. Yeah, like... For yeah. us. No, it's just that's literally what we hear about all the time is mm-hmm. it's a woman happening to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the percentage of active duty women who experienced unwanted sexual contact in the past year uh, increased from an estimated. So this is uh, 2018 stats. So it increased from an estimated 19.3 percent in 2016 to an estimated 28.3 percent in 2018. Wow. So, or is this, is it, like, is it because uh, there's less fear of, like, uh, reporting? Is it, you know, like, did it increase because there's less fear and they're able to speak out because there are more policies in place for to protect them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Definitely thinking about it now because there's, yeah, they have more out there to protect right. you and to help you in all of that so maybe yeah maybe, maybe people there's... are being more open about it and not being so shy yeah. and worried that something bad will happen out of them you know yeah. pursuing maybe there's just there's less tolerance for stupid behavior basically yeah. so yeah um so looking at the reporting statistics based on gender 67% of females did not report their sexual violence case to authorities, while 81% of males did not report their case. So are men considered weak for reporting this type of behavior? There's a stigma behind this. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, um, a male reporting some sort of sexual assault from a, from a, let's say, female in this case, they're like, oh, you know, he's going to get a lot of flack for it, you know? from uh, his fellow co-workers yeah um but females on the other hand it's like it's different it's different for them it's different for us it is it is it's a lot of people are really scared to say anything they're Mm -hmm. scared to start any type of investigation behind it just one you're ashamed because then you start going through the whole like well did i do this on purpose like did i do something in order for this to happen and so maybe I shouldn't say anything because I think maybe it was me trying you know I could have I could have stopped something or I could have done something different right how is this going to turn back around to me and how is it going to affect my career yes and how is it so I'm gonna go into something kind of personal I worked with somebody in the military I myself have said many times I'm not active duty but I have worked in military installations and I worked um, with an officer who said comments that he should not have said to anybody but they landed on my ears and I just um, it was it was comments about someone's sexuality Um, so he had made some racist comments too and that made me super uncomfortable and I didn't go to my chain of command I didn't say anything because I was like I don't know. I, I don't know what I was thinking. And one day he made me really mad. 
really, really mad. Like he embarrassed me in front of my peers and for something that I, I didn't do anything wrong. And it was just something that he thought I had done. And anyway, it doesn't matter. I didn't do anything wrong. And he decided to like really embarrass me. And then he came in, he apologized for doing that. And I let him have it. I said, you just wanted to look like a big badass, you know, fucking little man syndrome, basically. Yeah. And you humiliated me. So I'm not accepting your apology. And I went to my chain of command and I said, and I expressed how I felt about what he had done. And I said, I want to come out and say everything that he has said to me. He has made comments about this. And I wrote a letter, an email to my chain of command. I don't even, I don't even want to say where this was. I can get people in trouble. Like this is serious. Um, it's my secret. Um, and I told them what he had said, and and that person, that NCO, came up to me and he said, "Do you want to go through with this?" And I said, "Yes." And he's like, "You're speaking out of anger right now, and this is gonna affect his livelihood." And I said, "I don't care." I said, "He has done some shitty ass things," and he said, "This is gonna affect his livelihood, Veronica. Like, think about it." And he made me feel so guilty, oh. and I didn't do it. I didn't go through with it. Yeah. I didn't go through with it. And he, that person is still in the military today. And uh, the, the, he's an officer. Um, I really hope he's not continuing with his comments. Yeah. Just because, I mean, they landed on my ears only, these comments. But it should and have never been said in the first place no, because then nobody would have no. heard him, you know? If you need to talk like that, talk about that in your own home, away in from people. Home. Whatever you want to do there, but not out in the open in public yeah oh so yeah so i could see why people mm-hmm. are probably they change their minds on these things right. it's like you know there's somebody else who's like are you sure you want to do this that's yeah. how i was persuaded not to put it in because i don't know what ha- what would have happened exactly to this officer right i mean you have like a conscience and you're you know you yes. don't want to let you don't Nobody, most people don't want to actually ruin people's careers, you know. They don't want to, like, right. it, they don't want something to be so severe that it's like, I am, this is threatening your career and you could get kicked out or you could get demoted, anything, like, mm-hmm. really bad, mm-hmm. whatever. And yeah. a lot of people just don't want to deal with the repercussions of that. They don't want to, like, have to go That's through it. it. They don't want to be blamed yeah. that they caused this. This is your fault. You did this. And, you know, and then NCOs and everybody coming to you saying, are you sure you really want to go through with this? Are you sure? And it's like, well, now I'm second guessing myself because you're making me feel like maybe I shouldn't do this now. And so. Yeah, like I'm going to have to live with this remorse that I got somebody demoted or or kicked out. And I know his his, um, comments were not, didn't hurt anybody because they landed on my ears and they didn't change anything other than my perception of him because that's when I lost like a lot of respect for him right um but you know if they if I would have been somebody else or I would have gone through with this like a lot of things could have happened bad for him and I just think like it's so sad that you think that way yeah you know in whatever year this was I said I can't believe that he, you're thinking this way I didn't say this out loud but because because again I respected him he was an officer and I thought I just these were thoughts that I were having I was having and like they 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 plagued me for a while and then when I finally wanted to come out with it 
they were like, they pretty much stopped me from doing it. And then I felt remorseful for even trying to do it. And I still feel that way to this day. So I can only imagine what these service members that have had encounters like this or 10 times worse, how they feel, you know? Definitely. So... Definitely. You know, I can understand. There's no judgment, you know, if you were in ever in a situation like that and decided against, you know, pursuing it. Like it, I can, I mean, I totally can understand where mm-hmm. somebody would want to back down or like mm-hmm. change their mind and change their story and, you know, stay away from it. So it, it sucks. Unfortunately, it really does. I mean, it, you don't get the closure that you deserve to have, but, and it's because of fear and it's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair. It's sad. Okay. I got one more for you. Okay. Um, one in four of the estimated 18,900 service member victims who experienced unwanted sexual contact made a report. One in four. One in four. Out of the the eighteen thousand nine hundred, that I mean, I'm not very good at math. And that doesn't sound very good. <laughs> no, yeah. So again, I think this goes with like the fearfulness of the chain of command and the repercussion repercussions they will they will themselves receive the victim and you know the whole oh are you sure you want to go through with this You're sort right. of situation yeah I think it has to do a lot with that and how is it going to change the work environment as well yeah yeah especially yeah in the military yeah, that's a big deal you know you can't just like a lot of times you can't just move people around or put someone else in a different spot like depending on their job so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i know it's unfortunate yeah. and then it's like you know the environment you're working in and then something like that comes up and you know you continue to work and then this person who's accused is you know, they're put on like, you know, leave or something. I don't know what they, I don't know what they do, but then, Mm -hmm. you know, word gets around and soon everybody in the squadron knows what's going on. And so it's hard because then you think like, I don't want people to think I'm this terrible person or I tried to, you know, I did it in some way type of thing. And it's hard. There's a lot of different factors that go into, you know, putting yourself out there and do, you know, making the starting the investigation and all that so it sucks right either way either way no one should have to deal with this type of of threatening behavior no um there 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 are places you can go to for help and in the military that can help you out with this situation that will look further into it that can give you counseling for it um no one should have to feel threatened by anybody else in any type of manner, yeah. sexual or 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 verbal, like or just physical, it shouldn't have to come to that. Um, there, like I said, we have the military has programs like uh, SAPRO, so Sexual Assault Prevention and Response Office. They um, have you can literally Google it, and it'll give you all the information you need. Plus, every installation has it. If you reach out to them and um, they, they're they responsible for oversight of the department's sexual assault policy. So it's in hand-in-hand with the services and the civilian community to develop and implement in innovative prevention and response programs. So it's there. It's there to protect you. Policies are there. Policies will continue to develop because mm-hmm. of this. No one should have to take this shit 
No one. No. Man, woman, whatever, in any type of way, this is, it's not acceptable behavior. And we really do need to watch what we say and do around these type of people. And I also want to encourage people to come out and be like, because, you know, in a joking manner, things can get carried away. Right. And I want people to be okay with saying, listen, I don't think this, what you're saying right now, I'm not comfortable with it. So maybe put a stop to it. Make them aware of your, of the way that your behavior, like make them aware of their behavior and how it's making you uncomfortable. So it doesn't happen again. And it doesn't get, you know, get out of hand because then it could be something that was completely innocent. And then it gets so out of hand and it then that's where it really does affect everyone's livelihood so if you speak up and you say i'm not comfortable with this hopefully that person will be like you're right i'm so sorry i should not have said this or done that you know put a stop to it right away if it doesn't then there really is a problem yeah then we need to go we need to seek help yeah listen i am very uncomfortable when you talk about murder (laughs) i don't like it well i'm sorry then we can't be friends you need to leave (laughs) (laughs) no no but it's like okay well i will just um do my best to really not offend you with this and uh just be more woke if you please yeah just to be more mindful of other people's feelings Uh, but when it comes to like sexual behavior yeah, that's not okay. Mm-mm. It's not okay. No. Yeah, especially when Never. you're making someone uncomfortable with your stupid comments. Yes. That's not okay. No. Yeah. I don't know how many, I can't even tell you how many times I've had my ass grabbed in public. And it's like, why do you think that's okay? What do you think I'm going to turn around and rip off my clothes and be like, take me here on the sidewalk, motherfucker? Yeah. No. No, it is not okay. Who raised or you? Or because, yeah, who raised you to think it's okay to grab my ass or to make a comment about grabbing my ass or you know the disgusting biting of the lip when I don't know you if you're my husband yes mm-hmm. yes I'll drop my panties for you baby no just kidding I won't I'll be like what's wrong want some chapstick <laughs> <laughs> no but you know it's not okay it's disgusting it's not it's not sexy you're not you're not making me want you more Mm-mm. no no i don't think so you're making me no. extremely uncomfortable and i'm not okay mm-hmm. with that yeah i don't know how to react to this type of situation yeah no i'm, I'm sure uncom- uncomfortableness reads the same on everybody's face yeah you know that should be your first clue oh yeah. that smile is fake yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah they look like they're cringing yeah uh-huh. like not looking you in the eye. Oh, okay, I, let's move on from this situation. And then you continue. No, stop it. Yeah. So I will send you the information, Jen, for the SAPRO so we can put it up on the social medias. Medias. Social medias. So if you're in a situation like this, please reach out. Know that there is help. Yeah. There are policies to protect you. And the more you talk about it, the better it's going to get for everybody else and yourself. Yes. So please don't hesitate. Yeah. Well said. Beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. 
Well, well, that was a great story, Jen. I'm glad I could find something that went along with it. Yeah. It's funny that when you, uh, I was thinking of talking about sexual assault in the military and then you messaged me with that and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, what a coincidence. Like, I know. That's what I was going to cover. So weird. So it worked out very well. It, yeah. it did. It did. We meshed. We meshed it together. Jen and I, yeah, Jen and I share one brain. Mm-hmm. I have... I'm right-sided and Jen is left-sided. Mm-hmm. If that's how it works, right? Jen is more like a, you're more like a reader. Like you learn more through reading. Is mm-hmm. that right? And I'm a visual learner. So together we make peanut butter and jelly. We do. Yeah. Yes. Sorry if you have peanut allergy. Yeah, sorry. Can't be friends. You can have sun butter. It's fine, <laughs> right? I've heard that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if you that have works. peanut allergy. That sucks. Or any mm-hmm. nut allergy. That sucks. I, I really imagine. hope you just enjoyed my stomach growl. <laughs> Sorry, so we mentioned food, loud. and now it, your stomach's ready to go. Now I want peanut butter and jelly. Mm, peanut butter, so good. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry. I'm always hungry when we do this podcast. No, because it's morning and I haven't had anything to eat. You're crazy. And I know. I'm, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna work out, so I put on my workout clothes. And I had every intention. Then I was like, oh, I got to record. So I, I don't have time to work out until later. And I was like, let's be honest. I'm not going to work out till after I pick up the kids from school. And I was like, God damn it. I still have to make dinner. And life's hard. <laughs> Life is hard. I don't know. Yesterday, I went to pick up my kids from school yesterday. And my son has archery after school. So I don't have to pick them up till 430. But I still have to pick up my daughter because mm-hmm. she refused to do archery. But anyways. So I show up and all the kids come out at a different time with the whole COVID thing because they have their own bubbles. So my son comes out 10 minutes before my daughter and I was there and I was waiting for him. And I was like, where is he? He's not coming out. And I see his teacher and I start approaching her and she like walks over to me. I said, does my son have archery today? Right? Like it all clicked in that second. And she put her hands on my shoulder. She's like, yes, does he not? And I said, I thought it was Monday today. I'm so sorry. And she looked at me like, oh, now I know where your son gets it from. (laughs) I was like, I seriously thought today was Monday, even though I was here yesterday. I don't know what happened to those 24 hours. (laughs) I lost one day. I don't know. I did. I was like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. It's it, okay. It happens. It's the COVID brain. It's it's COVID brain for real. We the kids only had three days of school this week. They have one oh, more really? day. Uh, yeah, they've only had school Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They were off. There was staff training Monday. There's staff training on Friday, and then also there's hmm. a freaking holiday on Monday now too. Next Monday for Columbus Day. What's Sorry, the- you don't get that. Um, <laughs> Columbus can kiss my ass. <laughs> Columbus Day. Discovered America my butt. Yeah. So it's the kids have three days of school this week and they now they get a four day weekend and it's just I'm like, I don't I can't keep up. Like they only hit I don't know what what is due right now. I don't know what to do. Hmm. I don't know what they've done. I don't know. Virtual learning is fun. It's great. It's going great. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. No news yet? on your kids whether they're going to go back to school and school learning or not no Mm -hmm. i'm hoping because like the dodea schools surrounding here have um all gone back to -to face-to-face i haven't heard any different but nothing yet here if that will be happening anytime soon and even if it does 
you know, if the announcement comes out like, oh, Dodea can start face to face, it's still going to take two more weeks for the staff and teachers to prepare for the kids to come in. So Mm, sure. I'm just Uh. like, I don't know why when you guys were already prepared for the COVID face to face school already, you were what happened already prepared. Yeah, we're already there. So it's just like, oh, it's just a never ending callback. Kyle wants to know if you're still allowed to go to the beach or not. Yes. Oh, my God. Does my face look tanner yet? Because we were at the beach all weekend. Yes. Your face looks a little tan. Yeah. (laughs) I was so excited. Yeah, they, um, they opened the beaches up this weekend on base and off base. For recreational use, it's, I'm so happy, I'm so glad. It was, that's like the best news that we've had in the last, like, it's been six weeks since they closed the beaches. I couldn't Mm -hmm. believe it was that long. Yeah. Six. That's insane. I can't, if I lived so close to the beach, I couldn't imagine myself going more than a month without it, without being there, which I didn't ever. I know. It's horrible. Like, I would be there... I was at least every two weeks I was at the beach. At least, if not every weekend. Yeah. That I was at the beach. Yeah. We go, we will go every weekend. We go in the mornings because there's not a lot of people that go in the morning. Mm-hmm. We just go, we set up. We have like a pop up tent now and we set up a little mm-hmm. area. We go in the water. Yeah. We sit. Oh, and then we leave after a couple hours, and that's good enough for me. Oh, it, like, fucking rejuvenates you, right? There's something about the ocean yes. and just, yeah. It's yeah. like um, uh, that um, Zac Efron special, the documentary that was on Netflix where he's going around the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he talks about being in Iceland and how, like, running water sets off negative ions and negative ions make you happy. It's that. It's like being near water makes you happy. So, I love water. I love the ocean. It's the yeah. best. It's the best. And it they really took that is. away. And it was just so depressing. So depressing. So, you would just like, sit in your bathtub. Not let even the water that. Run. My bathtub <laughs> is so tiny compared to the one I had it, uh, in England. So, I can't even sit in it. They're I'm really low, it. right? They are. They're really low. It's so shallow. Yeah. It's weird. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, but yeah. that's back. So, hopefully. Hopefully it's the last time that they closed down the beaches, realizing, like, hey, that didn't really do anything, so we'll keep yeah. these open from now on. I don't yeah. know. Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you guys again for listening to our <laughs> great stories. Jen had a great story. I gave you some statistics and some information that will be posted on the social media. Um, again, please reach out to us at dependesplaining at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Um, and also look for us on Milso Muster. Make sure you download that. Um, for $4.99, you can have access to it. Tons of shit. I highly suggest you guys download that. Um, mm-hmm. Stay tuned next week. Jen is going to be covered in boxes, you guys. I'm so excited yeah. for her. And maybe we'll have to record one day early so you can have my shit. get on with your stuff. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So Jen's excited about her stuff getting there. I'm excited for your stuff to get there because it's been gone long enough mm-hmm. out in the middle about of the ocean. time. Yeah. If you two are out in the middle of the ocean, make sure you're listening to us. We're here for you because wherever you go, there, there you, you are. are. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>